Hola, Latina South listeners. Adela Yelton here. In case you missed it, here's your chance to be re-inspired with a replay of the Latina South most listened to episode of 2020. My conversation with accomplished scientist, Dr. Rochelle Bradford. Did you know that Blacks and Latinos make up only 9 and 7% of the total STEM workforce? That's according to a 2018 Pew Research Center report. Dr. Bradford shares with us her way of navigating these identities in the South, in her STEM career, and most importantly, within her own family. Hola, I'm Adela Yelton, and thank you for joining us at Latina South. Latina South welcomes friendly conversations with Latinas and friends who live, work, and play throughout the South and Southeast. Let's hear about what Latinas are creating and how they're making good things happen for their families, businesses, and communities. We'll enjoy some savory bits of wisdom while we share about what it takes to thrive in life while holding on to the best of what makes us Latinas in the South. Welcome. I can feel it. This is it. Me too. Today's conversation is with Dr. Rochelle Bradford. Rochelle's a longtime friend, and she talks with me about her Latina identity, feeling in between, and how it is to be a woman in science. Let's listen to the end where she drops some wise words of advice for all of us. Thank you for having me, Adela. This is great. So I'm excited to be your first guest. (laughs) I appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Rochelle, I know that you and I have been friends for a long time. Mm -hmm. 15 years, (laughs) almost. One thing I do like about you, Rochelle, is that we can really have some open conversation. (laughs) Yes, and it's needed, right? Yeah. Especially now. I don't think I've ever asked you you know, are you Latina? Right. <laughs> it's probably easier just to say what I am, right? Yeah. Like, so how do you identify? So um, yeah. I, I identify as other. Yeah. Right. So if somebody was going to ask, I would identify it other as other, and I'll say something more specific when it's convenient, actually. Yeah. Right. So, um, so for purposes of the form, you would Check other. I check other. I get the question all the time. And the assumption was, so when people ask me, for instance, if I'm mixed, um, that tends to mean just black and white, which is yeah. which is interesting, right? Because mixed, you would think, could be anything. Right. But when they're asking it, I have found through the years what they're really asking is black and white only, nothing else. And so that's always been a challenge just to answer it that way. Especially here in the South. Yeah. Way more than north, because where I'm from, which is on the Cape in Massachusetts, we're all mixed. Yeah. We're all of of mixed heritage. So nobody asks that question up there. They usually just kind of assume. So my mom's side is uh, Cape Verdean, which is a mixture of Portuguese and African. Wow. So that side of my family spoke Portuguese. My grandmother did. She only cursed us out in Portuguese. She never actually (laughs) taught us the language. So we know curse words and, you know, commands. Isn't that funny? You learn a lot about your culture and background uh, based on how you got in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) How your parents (laughs) you and how your grandparents. You knew what that meant. So so I didn't learn Portuguese. On my dad's side um, is Cape Verdean also, but uh, my grandmother on my dad's side was from Puerto Rico. Yeah. So they spoke more Spanish, but I was around my mom's side of the family way more than my father's. So I didn't learn Spanish either. And my dad died when I was really young. I was three years old. So I spent way more time 
with my mom's side. Did he I, speak Spanish? He spoke Spanish. Curious. Oh, wow. All mm-hmm. the children spoke Spanish. Well, here I am in this la-la land. Yeah. And um, so a lot of times, you know, my I- identity struggled because of what I didn't speak and not necessarily, you know, so it's English. Like your language. Yeah, right. my language. So on e- on any of those cultures, even in the Cape Verdean culture, if you don't speak Creole or Creole Portuguese, they kind of right. look at you a little funny. And yeah. so on the Spanish side, you know, if I didn't speak Spanish, then they kind of looked at me a little funny. So it was really hard to say <laughs> and to answer that. Right. Now, did I apply for Latin scholarships in high school? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So when I needed because to identify, you were based, you know, your father's Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah. So when I needed to identify, I did. And when I feel particularly colorful, then yeah, that day I'm <laughs> Puerto Rican that day. But but yeah, on a form or something that's strict. No, I'll I'll say other. But I I could I have elements of it and I feel elements of it. You can't explain it. You're just kind of drawn yeah. to the music, to the dance, to the food. And any of those cultures that I mention, I'm drawn to it at different points and at different times. And even when I'm around different family members. It's in your blood. It's there. <laughs> right. Help it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's there. So, and I didn't want anyone else who was Latina yeah. for me to feel like I was taking something away from them. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean that is something that's, you know, very personal. There's a lot of pride there. My identity and culture, I mean, those are very strong positions, so much emotion in just who you are and how you uh, are viewed by people and how you present yourself. And But that's interesting that you are saying you didn't necessarily put it out there that you're Latina because you didn't want to take away from Latinas. Right. Is that, is that, so tell me more about that. So, you know, these days people talk about appropriation a lot, right? Yeah. You hear that word a ton right. and how personal people might feel about it, whether it's your cult- your music or your food or how you might even wear your hair or something, right? right. And when people start to feel like you're infringing on that, um, it, it sometimes can get really, you know, people get very passionate about oh, yeah. that. And so I sort of felt like... Um, Living in this, you know, middle world, <laughs> so to speak, yeah. that to, for me to be fully own it would be taking something away from them. It almost felt like appropriation somewhat if mm-hmm. I tried to mm-hmm. live in that space. Mm-hmm. So what I've tried to do is sort of be okay with all of it. And having all of it mixed mixed up, right? Right. Even down to my rice. <laughs> Your rice. My rice is. Yeah. I I love my rice. I think it's amazing because it's such a it's a, a culmination of all of it. How I went over to my grandmother's house and she made rice and beans is yeah. very different than the chagasita that my grandmother on my mother's side made. So I sort of tried to just make it my my thing. Like you, like, <laughs> right? Like a little bit of right. everything. My yeah. little experience and my kind of little carved out space. Yeah. Um, versus trying to be fully and wholly in right any one of them. Well, it's interesting you say that. I appreciate you kind of like giving proper respect to Latinas and the Latina experience. There are so many ways to be Latina. That is true, right? Yeah. And um, we come in all different shades and some of us are born here in the u.s some of us 
are born outside of the U.S. Some of us speak Spanish. Some of us don't speak Spanish. So a lot of the things that you're describing to me about feeling this in-between, not necessarily fully in any one place, but feeling in-between, that uh, I'm going to put this out there to you. That is part of what makes us Latina, mm. is being in-between. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. I can identify Right. with the whole feeling of being in between. But that's interesting, your approach, and that you're combining things and making it kind of like your own. Like your rice. What goes into your rice? So sofrito, everybody knows sofrito, yeah. right? Which is a more tomato base. So I use that if I'm trying to make more of a yellow rice. But I, if I want to make like a more like a tomatillo or green kind of rice, right. I'll use the recao. Well, we pronounce it recao in Cape Verdean culture, yeah. but it's spelled R-E-C-A-I-T-O. So it's more green chilies and that kind of thing. So I'll make two different rices depending on which which one I like. My son likes the recao one. So, <laughs> um, so that has a, a good base in it. Um, chicken stock, kidney yeah. beans, light kidney beans, um, butter oil, paprika, Onions. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I know. <laughs> I know. It's making me hungry. <laughs> How powerful is that, actually, to combine the experience of eating right. with your culture and understanding the story around how you came up with that recipe? It's a combination of everything. I mean, it to is. me, that, how powerful is that? You know, yeah. combining all the senses. <laughs> well, now my daughter's into cooking, so oh, I'm just yeah. starting to teach her how to. Just make rice that it doesn't turn out and burn. And, you know, we're, yeah. we're at that level. But she's turned out to be a really good cook. So I'm just oh, starting wow. to teach her. I mean, growing up, we didn't really, no one really taught me. I remember telling my grandmother at one point, I need to learn how to make these recipes. I could not make the rice like she wants. She could. And I don't know what it is. It's just that grandmother's touch, What is touch, that grandmother right? thing? That? I know you try to do it as best as you can follow the, exactly the letter of the, yeah. but did she even use recipes? She never <laughs> measured a single thing yeah. on either side. So, but just watching and kind of paying attention and, and those guys. So I miss those things, you know, being in Atlanta. Yeah. I love hearing that story. And it tells me a little bit more about you and your identity and things you enjoy with your kids and how you connect with them uh, by combining all those things together. What is your experience living in the South? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? I remember the first time I visited Atlanta. I was in college. I remember walking through the grocery store going, why are all these people speaking? <laughs> it's so strange. And starting conversations. Maybe yeah. I just look lost. I don't know. I just remember feeling really welcome. So that's what you notice about the South, like the whole welcoming aspect it of really it was. and friendly and people just striking up a conversation, even complete strangers, you know. Having, I didn't even, so I you didn't had that them. experience. Yep. I love Atlanta, but there's no water here. So that's probably the only, it's the only thing that I've always felt because um, yeah. I'm really drawn to water. So being yeah. in the South and living more inland is a little bit harder because... You know, the water's not Got here. That Puerto Rican side of I you. know. Like I a love warm the warm weather, the water. <laughs> You're describing all those things. <laughs> I tell people fun. I drive by the waste treatment facility sometimes because there's like Just water to over see there. The water. <laughs> One of the things I do want to highlight uh, that I know about you is that I admire about you is that you're super smart <laughs> you know? for everybody uh, who, who doesn't know, you know, Rochelle has a PhD 
in chemistry, I right? I do. I do in organic chemistry. So I came here to go to school um, for grad school at Georgia Tech. Yeah. And I was there for about four and a half years. Being in Atlanta and a scientist in Atlanta is hard because yeah. this isn't a big science town. We're talking about, you know, Latinas and Latinas in the South talking about super regional. And I'm wondering if you have to introduce yourself at a global conference and people ask you where you're from, what do you say? I mean, I'm just hmm. curious. I'll probably start with originally, yeah. right? Say So I say originally I'm from the Cape or Massachusetts. People know the Cape. They don't know Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they know, well, they'll know Boston. Yeah. Right. But I'm about 40 miles southeast of Boston. So sometimes I'll say near Boston or something like that originally. But even just as checkered as my uh, heritage is, so is my path to getting to Atlanta because mm -hmm. I grew up. I left Massachusetts when I was seven and I grew up in the DMV. The, I grew up in Maryland mm -hmm. and I was there until high school. But I never say that's home. Yeah. I just kind of say, oh, I moved there. Like the, how I'm saying it to you now is really how I tell people. Yeah. Although I spent most of my formidable years there, right, from seven through until I went to college. And so I kind of just say it like in passing, like, mm -hmm. oh, I grew up in Maryland and, you know, that kind of right. thing. So I kind of give them the story. You know, by the end of it, they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> That was a lot of different places. Yeah, a lot this of chick different... is so complicated. Oh my, <laughs> this is my house is, but I never call Atlanta home. Yeah. Well, and it seems to me that if part of who you are and how you identify is being in between mm -hmm. things, like this is still maybe in between for you. Yeah, because I'm moving yeah. to Mexico. And <laughs> <laughs> Adela knows this. And I'm, I'm gonna... moving to Mexico in four years. Yes, and I'm going to visit you. I, it's Yeah, I need to be next to the water. Yeah. And uh, I visited Mexico, I don't know, I guess two, three years now. That area and uh, the people there, and I just felt really comfortable. Yeah. I guess it's to your question about home. You just have a feeling about certain places, right? Right. And that was one that I developed. You know, as you travel, there are just some places you're more drawn to than others, and I was drawn there. So I've got to eventually get to the beach and like live on it and not visit it. Makes sense to me. I know. So we could do a La Latinas in Mexico. Uh, yes, Latina South, real, real south, south, down south. Yes, that's the real South out of Mexico. Well, that sounds fantastic, and I, I, I'm here cheering for you, hoping you realize your dream of being in Mexico, but not too soon because I like having you I know, around. Just a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Yeah, it seems you're going to have to work a little bit longer. And speaking about work, tell me about being a woman in science. Tell me more about that. It's been challenging, obviously, because yeah. I'm a woman, I'm a woman of color, being in an industry that's just such, you know, predominantly male. Male-dominated, yeah. Um, and not only that, it's, it's because there are a lot of women in science. So yeah. I manage a team now, and actually most of the, you know, my employees are women, but so it's changing. I think it's changing yeah. to some extent. You, they're around, but then they also don't hold a lot of the senior positions. So they're still kind of yeah. up and coming. And yeah. I'm curious because I know when people begin their careers, you know, mentorship is sometimes really, really important. Having a mentor or a role model or at least some examples of yeah. people that came before you, there probably weren't a lot of people like you uh, oh, at no. your level. Absolutely not. Or even above. And so what, how did you 
kind of make up for that? Or, or did you have someone who was providing mentorship to you? I'm just curious. I didn't. I didn't. And I still don't. Um, yeah. And that's been difficult. I found um, camaraderie and friendships and women who might be in other areas in the company, but nobody yeah. as a scientist. And I remember when the movie Hidden Figures came out a few yes. years ago and the scene when they locked her out of the meeting yeah. and they were discussing her idea and, you know, they yeah. had her come in to explain it. And that very thing happened to me. Oh, like I was wow. in a meeting and trying to give an idea. That and, happened to you. And I just saw, I was looking at that scene and I was like, oh my gosh. So now Hidden Figures was, you know, based what, 40 years ago or... Oh, no, like 60. In the 60s, yes. <laughs> See, I told you I can't do simple math. So, um, And I'm like, here I am to this day. I just had that experience of them, wow. not, of a, being in a room and they're not I was going to say, when did that happen to you? Oh, just a few years ago. Sitting in the room, you're trying to get your voice heard, and they're totally not listening. And I'm going, what are you guys talking about? It just needs, <laughs> we just need to do this. And they're not listening to you at all. And by the way, um, they need to be listening to you. And for people that don't know, Rochelle, you've invented some things. Oh, right? I have. But you, <laughs> well, you can't see it because it's all covered up. But yeah, I, I've, I have a few patents out there and yeah. some invent, inventions. I've been in construction and have done some things with how you make a building. And that's my amazing. inventions are out there. I see it on occasion when I drive through Atlanta, I'm like, oh, that's my stuff, uh, which is actually pretty cool. Still happening. So no, I haven't, I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. Um, so you're, you're like a hidden figure still, but you know what? We need to make you not so hidden. Like <laughs> That's why you're well, on this I think, podcast. We need I don't to think that, um, raise your voice. Yeah. I think there are a lot of me out there. That's why movies like that are so impactful. Because it says to them, this is a story that happened a long time ago. Why are we just getting a movie about it? Why are they just getting their recognition now, right? So when you saw that movie. Oh, I cried. When I saw that scene, I just cried. I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, that just just happened to me. And so you have to to find your voice, you know. And I've – most people who are scientists tend to be introverts anyway, we like to yeah. be in our little lab, do our thing, and just we're quite. Here's our data, right? Um, but I've had to learn over the years that if I wanted to progress, especially more in the managerial side of research and development, I had to be way more vocal. Right. I had to find my voice. I had to make myself known. Um, you have to command that room in a way that people pay attention. And I'm not a, I'm not perfect at it yet, but I right. knew I had to make that change if I wanted to make these changes in my career. Yeah. Because they don't often necessarily pay attention. And, and most people don't look at me and think I'm the scientist in the room anyway. You know, I'm not sure who yeah. they think I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope they're not saying, oh, can you get the coffee? Because that would piss me off. Well, so I have had that. I have had oh, that man. happen that before. That or can sucks, you take the notes? It? Can you be the note can taker? Can you take the note taker? That I hate that so much, and it sucks. And so, how do you how do you get out of that? I was at a conference recently in Spain, and it happened. And this this conference Ooh. was specifically for senior management at my com my company, right? So yeah. only the the top managers were at this conference. And um, so you're there like everybody else. Yeah, like not everybody even else, senior, probably. But anyway, yeah. So we broke out in these little teams. And guess who they wanted to be the person to write the notes? Oh. <laughs> and so there's still moments like yeah. that. 
There yeah. are definitely still moments like that. And and we make these choices where I'm like, okay, do I do I make a big thing about it right now? Is this like pick your battle? Is this the right. moment that I tend to vo- like? No, who do you think you do? You pick your battles. Yeah, you know, and all of that. So I, I hope to by my presence and encouraging. I mean, I encourage and, and, all my and team being in the room. You know, being, being in, in the, the room, room where it happens, present. like they say, and, yeah. um, and and being at that same level, peer to peer. But to me, like if you're there peer to peer, you're even more because it took you so much more to get in that room. Probably oh, more the stories, <laughs> the stories that I you know, know that I had to go through, and people throughout my career telling me I couldn't. I've had advisors How many times tell have me, you said that? Have you heard that? Oh my gosh, a lot. You know, wow. trying to discourage me to do something different or questioning how much I wanted it. Mm. Am I sure that I want to do this? You know, all the time. It happened all the time. Um, being in rooms and people would tell me, why are you doing, you're too pretty to do this. Why are oh. you? I had a guy tell me that in front of other people. Oh, wow. It's like, why are you in this industry? And I just looked at him like... Did you punch him? (laughs) No, but I needed my job. But um, they're so bold with it to this day. I think it's important for us in these times to listen to women. Yeah. You know, when they're saying some of these things and why they might not have come forth or what, you know, it's, it's so prevalent. It is everywhere. It's so prevalent. And let's support each other, by the way, because... It sounds like even without a formal mentor or advisor that you've found a way to find that support with colleagues, friends that aren't necessarily in your area of expertise, but are still providing you with support. Right. And and what does that look like? A friend of mine, I met at work, but now we're friends. Yeah. We had the salary conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Was, mm-hmm. We don't even talk about that. I know. And I wish it was more transparent. Uh, yeah, know. we need to be more transparent because we don't know how affected we are by the things that go on around us unless we talk about it. Right. Right. So we want to empower each other, but we can only do that when you tell each other what's going on. Right. So we realized we kept having this circle conversation about um, money. And we're at the same grade, but we both just got promotions and we want to make sure it's fair. Mm-hmm. Like what we're getting and what other people might, we want to make sure that it's fair. Right. And we finally just had to tell each other what we made. <laughs> <laughs> it was so crazy. And we said it, we were yeah. like, why do we do that? Why, why, do, why are we so weird about it? I was like, because I, I want to make sure you're getting what you're worth. Yeah. You know, and the only way for us to do that is for us to talk about it and be open and be transparent. We're yeah. never going to know that. There's power in that. I, I, there is, I think, I think, you know, keeping things quiet enables like that power structure to keep going like that power structure. That's unfair to us, by the that's way. It, right. So we're it on perpetuates the, right. that. Right. So if you open up and talk about then now you've shared information that makes you both, I think, more powerful to Absolutely. be able to, um, hey, negotiate for what you need. Exactly. And by the way. People do talk about right. it. Let me tell you. Yes, they do. You know, they're on the golf course talking about. Oh gosh, oh, yeah. yeah. I invested this, blah blah blah, and this and that, or whatever. So, but but, but that's guys, why things are happening, though, yeah. right? For them in that circle, and that's why. But I think yeah. for for women especially, we tend to be a little bit more guarded about some of those things. Well, because we and we like to follow the rules. Yeah, you know. But yeah. we talk about so many other things on a personal level. True. It's just funny that when it comes to things like that, we just don't. 
Yeah. You know, like, my girlfriend knows what kind of <laughs> underwear I wear to bed, but God forbid I talk to her about how much I make. Like, it's so crazy. And there is a little bit of a taboo about finances because then, you know, stuff really starts to come out. It's like, what? You spent that on that? Oh, you know? I know. You spent whatever on your purse. Right. You know? <laughs> You know you can't afford that. You better go take it back. Exactly. I'm glad you're able to find people to talk to and connect with and that you can share information and empower yourself and also empower others. I mean, as we, as you kind of get later in career, Mm -hmm. as we say, and then you become like the role model and the advisor and the mentor to others. And I know probably first and foremost to your daughter. Yeah, who's so not interested in science. (laughs) I mean, you know, with being a good science, you're a good baker, and that's the only part of it that she likes and takes advantage of, but she has no interest in science whatsoever, which is fine. You know, (laughs) my son, who knows, maybe, you know, he'll do something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she doesn't have... She doesn't have any any interest in it at all. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? You never know. And, you know, the way we define things now, I think, could change. Right. right? You know, we don't even know what jobs are available when they grow up. Well, I think just just knowing that it's possible, right, is one thing. You may not want to do this, X, Y, Z, but just knowing that it's possible um, and seeing it, you know, we still have a lot of firsts. The first woman this, mm-hmm. you know, the first Hispanic this, the first black. We're right. still, we have so many firsts. We're still, every time I see one, I think, really, that hasn't happened yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's still so much. There's so much that needs still to happen. that needs yeah. to happen. And somebody's going to have to do that. Somebody's going to be the first blah, you know, yeah. whatever. The first, the only, the different. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. yeah. We still don't even have our first female president yet. And Why the, not? I know. And we're <laughs> we're the to... only. Yeah. Um, industrialized nation that hasn't, I believe, at I least had one. It's so, time. Oh God, it's Rochelle for president. <laughs> I, oh my God! So my son, who was it? My yeah, because oh, I love politics, and um, oh, that could be a whole nother show. By oh the my way. God! <laughs> I was listening to Cuomo last night on the radio, yeah. And my son and I were driving home, and I was, you know, I'm so opinionated, like I, you yeah. know, I'm a perfect in my car. But so my son's like, do you ever think about running for office? He said that to me last night. That's so funny. And I was like, Oh no, you don't. (laughs) I was like, no, you don't want me uh, running, babe. I said, I I got, I said, you ever heard the term skeletons in your closet? (laughs) And he's like, what does that mean? He didn't know. I was like, you know, it's kind of when you have some things you might not want people to know you you work through them in life. But uh, I said, they, those things kind of come out sometimes when you're, (laughs) when you're running for office. I said, no, I think I'm good. I think I'll just Wait, talk to let, Como in my car. Closet. We'll talk to Como in your car. And let's just keep that closet closed for now. Right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe later on. Isn't that funny you say that? Because, you know, in today's political environment, people just, they open the closet. They let the bones out. They start throwing them at each right. other. Right. And now, does, now it doesn't even seem it like doesn't none of that matter. matters. But for us, you know, for you, for us, for people that aren't represented, right, And it's... We have to be so much more. We have to be so much more. We have to do that extra. We have to, like, bend over backwards. Yep. You got to go above Climb Mount Everest, you know. No, it's true. When other people can't even jump a little molehill. (laughs) (laughs) You got to be the best of the best of the best. And so, yeah, I did in my professional career, for sure. I had to, 
I couldn't just be where everybody else was. I had to do even better. I had to prove myself. I had to show them that I, you know, yeah. could actually do some of these things. And, um, but I, I, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. You know, you sort of think about, you know, trading. I don't, I don't want to trade who I am or what yeah. I am. But, well, and all those experiences, good, bad, ugly, what have you, that's part of who you are now. Yeah. That's made you what you are today. Yep. And so my, my hodgepodge, <laughs> <laughs> my um, hodgepodge of myself. And yeah. so it was funny, though, because when I went to go have children, I made it, it was a poignant um, moment for me because I made the decision that I would only marry and have children with a black man. I did not want someone else who. And I don't know if I ever told you that. I don't know. I've never knew that um, about you. Now I I made it a point, like it, like no matter what, I could have fell in love with <laughs> who was I in love with? Ray Fines. I love Ray Fines. <laughs> He's awesome. <laughs> I don't oh, know wow. why. I, I know. I love Ray if Ray Fines wa- walked in my door at that moment, I would have been like, nope. Um, <laughs> no, I. Be- <laughs> I sort of felt like because of all the things that I was dealing with and going through and yeah. checking this box and whatever, I wanted my children's lives to be simpler than that. That if somebody mm. asked them the same question you just asked me, they could just say black. Wow. Right? I felt like yeah. that would make it easier for them yeah. than if I had, you know, had children with someone who had such a mixed heritage like me. Yeah. And even though that's the culture that I grew up with, like Everywhere I lived, that was saw, very normal. It's very, yeah, commonplace. It's very yeah. common. Um, I was pretty adamant about it. Hmm. Like so, even when yeah. I met my ex-husband, it was like, all right, because he kind of looks a little Cuban. <laughs> and I was like, all right, what's the deal? And, and, and he kind of speaks Spanish. <laughs> and a he's, bit. he's fluent in Spanish, right? So, um, yeah. So yeah, I was just like, no, like, what are you mm. like? What's your parents? You just are you just black? Like it, that was really important to me, so that my children could say. Just black. I now, if you see my children, they look, they still look <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, especially my daughter who looks like me. Yeah. Still gets a lot of the questions and, you know, some of the same kinds of things. But I don't know, at that time, in that moment in my life and all the experiences that I had, I, for whatever reason, make their life less complicated. Yeah. You know? And isn't that what we want for our kids? Yeah. You know, we want to protect them <laughs> from all we the do. things that, that may have you know, made us feel uh, less than or uncomfortable or what right. have you. And uh, and not that I know all the answers, but but they do have to go through some of that too. They do. For whatever. And, and they'll have their own things that yep. they'll go through and have to cope with and they'll pass on to their kids. Especially and- now. So as I look back at that decision, I realize it probably didn't matter, <laughs> you know, didn't matter as much. Yeah. You know, obviously, especially not now with the age of social media and all yeah. just everything that they have to deal with anyway. Yeah. It's not any easier. Doesn't their lives aren't necessarily mm-hmm. any easier because of that. But I appreciate you being here and thank you. Is there is there any kind of word of wisdom or words of wisdom you'd like to leave us with? I guess, you know, considering the things that we talked about, just just be yourself. Oh, whatever yeah. that is. Your authentic self is yeah. is whoever you are, right? Um, no one gets to choose that. No one gets to define that but you. And I think it's it's taken me almost 50 years. Yes, I told my Isn't age. Isn't that amazing? It's taken me almost 50 <laughs> years to realize that 
all those experiences, all those things have made me who I am. And I'm not perfect. I don't think I am. And I don't want to be. But this is my authentic self. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. But just live in that. Live in that truth. Wow. Words of wisdom. Be yourself. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank On that you, note, <laughs> all right. And good luck with the show. Oh, thank you. All right. We'll come back and take care. All right. Say hi to the fam. We'll do. All right. <laughs> bye bye. We appreciate you listening to us at Latina South. If there's someone you'd like to hear featured on our show, please drop us a line at hola at latinasouth.com. Hasta la próxima. See y'all.